Welcome to the Loudoun Impact Podcast, interviewing purpose-driven leaders in Loudoun County, Virginia. And now, here is your host, J.C. Sylvie. J.C. is a Naval Academy graduate, former Navy pilot, and now top real estate agent, focusing exclusively in Loudoun County. My guest today is Kristen Umstead. Kristen is the Loudoun County Supervisor Rep for Leesburg. Yep. And uh, really happy that you can join us today, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, JC. Happy to be here. Crazy times. And I, I appreciate you uh, jumping on the call on short notice. But as you can imagine, the topic of today is uh, COVID in phase one. And when is Western Loudoun going to open for business or at least be allowed to enter into phase one of the relaxation? So, uh, JC, as you probably know, uh, Supervisor Caleb Kirshner and Supervisor Tony Buffington, um, who represent the rural parts of the county, and I all joined in on a letter to Governor Northam uh, last night. And our reason is that we fundamentally disagree with his decision to keep Loudoun shut down, especially Leesburg and Western Loudoun shut down for another two weeks or more. We, mm-hmm. we don't know. It's, it's been a moving target, uh, I think, across the country. But our thinking is right now we are looking at potentially a 10% unemployment rate in this county if we remain shut down. And we're looking at losing 25% of our small businesses permanently, not just temporarily. That has the three of us extremely worried. Now, I'm not going to criticize the other board members um, who support continued shutdown. Sure. I mean, it's a hard decision for everybody in, in these circumstances. But Tony and Caleb and I look at the fact that, you know, in New York State, 66% of the new COVID cases are among people who have stayed at home Mm -hmm. and have been following lockdown rules. And here um, we looked at where the biggest spike, when the biggest spike came in COVID cases here, and it was six weeks into our lockdown. Mm -hmm. So lockdowns don't appear to be preventing viral spread. And, you know, when we first talked about lockdowns, the assumption was we would all be at risk eventually of getting the virus. It was just to spread out the patient load on the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Well, if we look at Loudoun's position relative to the rest of Northern Virginia and the other Northern Virginia chairs wanted to lock down for two more weeks, at least um, we, we are doing better than Fairfax, Arlington, Prince William. Uh, The numbers are very different here and much lower here. Uh, But we are seeing our constituents out of work for two full months and more, and they cannot afford to pay rent. And the the eviction moratorium is gonna go away. They cannot afford to put food on the table for their families. And most of them, the vast majority of them and the vast majority of Americans uh, are, are not at risk of serious consequences from the virus. For some folks, it is deadly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we should put our resources and our efforts 
into better protecting those folks, but letting the rest of Virginia, including Loudoun County, get back to work. Because right now we're destroying people's livelihood, we're destroying their ability to achieve their dreams, and we're destroying small business. And that is just gonna, that's gonna tumble us into a deep, deep recession and possibly even a depression. And we don't have to go there. Right. I um I I agree. I I look at the uh, economic consequences, and and it's not to make light of anybody's suffering or anybody's uh, family member that is that is uh, at risk in that category because that's real. I, I I won't deny that, but I I don't think people are quite understanding. Um, those who are employed right now, the people who are not employed, get it, but the people who are employed don't understand that. We are so close to depression era uh, levels of both unemployment and economic activity, and there's no quick rebound from this. There's, you know, a lot of people talk about a V-shaped recovery, and that as soon as there's a vaccine, boom! All of a sudden, this massive global economy, all of a sudden, overnight, starts grinding away and starts functioning. What, what do you have to? What do you have to say about that? It, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, it's always a slow, slow slog out of uh, any depression or even recession. I remember the saddest year for me going door to door in a, in a campaign. I was mm-hmm. running for reelection in 2010. And so many people were, were losing their jobs and therefore were at risk of losing their homes. And it took a long time to dig out of that. And I, I just, you know, we're not, we're not strong enough to keep doing this to our citizens. We, we need to get them relief now and we need to get, allow them to get back to work. Sure. So what is, what does that look like? Um, Supervisor Umstead, what is, what do you propose? What I would like to see the governor, I, well, what I would like is for us to get back to work immediately, uh, to take extra measures to protect folks who are in nursing homes, um, retirement communities, uh, make try to make sure they are safe, but they're not safe now, and the lockdown has not made them any safer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to open up this economy as quickly as we can. And I, I would allow uh, businesses to reopen. Uh, if we want to require masks, uh, we mm-hmm. could do that. Right. But I, what, what worries me about the governor's plan is this incremental opening of businesses like restaurants and saying, well, you can only open at 50% capacity. What restaurant has a profit margin big enough to, to make a profit at that? They've got to be allowed to open at full capacity. Yeah, that, um, I didn't understand that. And um, I, I think they'd be better off just staying closed than operating at 50% capacity because no, it's just, it's just not viable. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the case with, with many, many small businesses. Um, but what we're doing now is the worst of both worlds. Uh, the governor has said, we don't want to reopen until we have enough masks until we have enough tests. We're not going to have enough masks and enough tests for quite some time. And as you mentioned the vaccine uh that's that's our one maybe hopeful light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. but that's a year at least if not 18 months out if it ever can be developed 
by that time, the country will be destroyed. Right. Right. So you're in favor of just just getting right to it. You I know, would. Do the best we can with social distancing, precautions, do what we can, but it, we have to learn to live with the virus. And that's just the reality because you're exactly right. What if we never get a vaccine? Right. You know, then our only hope really is the herd immunity at that point. Right. Uh, and we've done all this just to delay it. Um, when we could have we could have gotten there a little bit quicker and had yeah. an economy that was still functioning at least uh, partially, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So you're so you you just want to just jump right to phase three for the governor's uh, plan, correct? I would jump to phase three. Uh huh. And yeah. and is that just for Western Loudoun, or obviously you don't want to speak for the entire county? You just represent Leesburg, but how do you right. feel about the entire county? Um. What I what I wrote to the governor last week, mm-hmm. um, just as a private citizen, was right. to open the economy up fully as soon as possible. We're mm-hmm. we're just we're just not going to get to those markers that mm-hmm. he wants us to reach before we open up. We are not going to have, as I said, enough tests. We're not going to have enough uh, personal protective equipment, and. That that could be months and months out. And my feeling is put all our focus on protecting the most vulnerable among our citizens Mm -hmm. and let everything else open up. Because if we don't get everything opened up, we don't have the ability to protect our most vulnerable citizens. Right. Right. This is uh, a lot of good information, uh, Supervisor Armstead. I'm uh, I'm glad we had a chance to to talk about COVID, although it's it's not something I look forward to doing. But I I really love your approach. I, I haven't heard a, a political um, appointee or political anybody in political office speak to it quite the way you have, and it's uh it's refreshing. I I enjoy your point of view, and for me, I'm. Uh, in agreement of it. I'm sure you get, you're going to get a lot of blowback though from it. <laughs> sure. So if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't mind switching gears a, a little bit with you since it, the podcast is about interviewing purpose-driven liter- leaders here in Loudoun. And obviously you have a long career as a leader here in the county. And uh, I'm really fascinated by your background. Um, uh, I I'm, I I'm sure a lot of my listeners do not know about it, but we have a we share a little bit of a common background. We're both naval officers yes. back in the eighties. Yes, and I'm sure a lot of people did not know that you were a naval officer back then. You're an analyst, a Soviet analyst, and uh, working and then working for the CIA as a Soviet naval an- analyst. And I remember back in the days uh, of the mid eighties when. Man, the Soviet Union was the focus of everything that we talked about, and I remember memorizing profiles of um, naval ship, uh, Soviet naval ships, yes. and um, the specs of SA two and SA not all this different surface to air yeah. systems and stuff. So, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your background with that. Uh, well, I mean, I I went into the Navy uh, after law school, so. Um, I went into the Navy because for two reasons. One, the young men I went to uh, high school with uh, were very worried about being drafted and they were at risk. I was not because I was female. 
Right. And I felt, you know, if the guys are at risk, the women need to step up too. And uh, so that was one reason I went in into the military. Mm -hmm. The reason I chose the Navy is exactly what you outlined. The Soviet Navy at that point was the greatest threat to American uh, freedom and and our our country. And I wanted to be part of the fight against it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had tried to get into intelligence, which may be where you ended up, but they had filled their quota for women. Uh, so I had a law degree, and so they made me a JAG officer. And as you uh -huh. know, um, being a JAG officer is not nearly as exciting as the old TV show portrayed it. <laughs> we won't tell um, anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I went in. And then when I left active duty, I stayed in the reserves and actually got into an intelligence unit at that mm. time and translated Soviet naval documents into English for our intelligence community. And yeah. then from there to the CIA. Well, uh, I won't ask you about the CIA because that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I know better. So then you, uh, you and your husband moved to uh, Leesburg, Lowell right. County, and yep. you've had all kinds of um, held all kinds of offices in 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 local government. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I ran for the town council in '92 and uh, got a seat on the council. And then had a, a couple of unsuccessful elections going for other positions. Mm -hmm. I ran for mayor in 94. That was too early. Uh -huh. But I, I, did, um, I did win the mayor's seat in 2002 and then was mayor for 14 years uh, before yeah. I ran for the Board of Supervisors. I, I will tell you, being mayor is the coolest job yeah. in politics. It <laughs> absolutely is. It, it is a lot of work. Right. Um, if you talk to my friend, uh, Mayor Kelly Burke, I will. Um, she yeah. will tell you she has to operate out of her car and out of her kitchen. And it's true because she doesn't have an office. Right. None of none of the council do. Right. Um, but it is really neat. You'll get a you'll get a phone call at like 10 o'clock and the tree went down in someone's yard. And so they'll ask if you can help find somebody to, to deal with that. Right. And you just get you get to meet kids who think it's really cool to be mayor. Yeah. Uh, their parents know it's not that cool, but the right. kids think it is. So it's fun. I think I think it's a tough job. I I talk to her probably once a month or so just because I'm interested in what's going on. But man, I I I don't envy really. I don't envy envy any of you guys on whether <laughs> town council or supervisors, whatever it is. It's it's a tough job. You don't get paid enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely not doing it for the money. <laughs> so what was it like at the dinner table uh, as a kid when you were growing up? Oh, my gosh. Well, I grew up in a very conservative Republican household, which is mm -hmm. so it's ironic. I'm a Democrat, but right. I was a Republican for a long time. And um, that grew out of uh, my parents' concern about communism and Soviet Russia. Right. And at that time, it was the Soviet Union. Um, and so I grew up helping my parents on political campaigns. Uh, they were always supporting uh, Republican candidates. And we'd had literature out at grocery stores and we'd go door to door. We Whoa. had a big sound truck for Barry Goldwater. Oh, and, that's, that's and so funny. All of this. 
So, um, and then I was a uh, campus speaker for, uh, surrogate speaker for Ronald Reagan when he ran in 1980. Holy so God. I, that's what I grew up with. And it was fascinating. I mean, yeah. I, I, I came to love politics back then and, and I still love it. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's, uh, that's pretty neat. And uh, we won't make it too political and ask you what, what changed in your politics <laughs> while you're now a Democrat. We'll save that for another okay. time. All right. <laughs> so uh, where have you been uh, eating out these days? Do you have any, any good suggestions? So, I mean, I, um, I try, we try as a family to make sure we, we help Leesburg restaurants. So mm -hmm. we've ordered, um, it's worked really well too. We've ordered from Jasmine, we've ordered from China King, mm -hmm. um, fireworks. Um, so that, that generally, I mean, uh, South street under, you yeah. can order from them. Yeah. Uh, friends of ours got their Easter meal, I think from sidebar. Yep. They did a big so, meal. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we try to stay local. We try yep. to stay in town, and um, our restaurants are doing a great job. Um, you know, at the Village at Leesburg, I don't mm. want to just promote the downtown, sure. but yep. the Village at Leesburg has a lot of fine restaurants that they'll deliver or provide uh, curbside pickup. And um, I have a special fondness for the downtown because uh, I've worked in the downtown sure. for years, but. Yep. But you go anywhere in Leesburg and you can get good food. Yeah, the village has, uh, I've had um, the conch takeout and um, uh, I love Indian food. So we've had Ooh, five yeah. Tarara also. Yes. Um, and since there's really nobody driving down that road in the entrance yeah. anymore, I can actually park right in front of five yeah. Tarara these days. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty neat. So what... Um, what do you miss these days that, um, you know, COVID times that it surprises you that you miss it so much? Well, I miss my daughter a whole lot. Uh, mm -hmm. She is out on the West Coast. And so we haven't seen each other uh, since Christmas. And I, I was lucky to go out and visit her in Christmas. But uh, we stay in touch. We'll do... Um, We'll do a Google Duo call. We'll, we text a lot every day mm -hmm. and we talk on the phone every day. But right. mostly I think I miss the ability to go visit her or have her come visit us. Right. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, we've seen a lot more people coming out for walks. In some ways, yeah. uh, it's, gotten, it's gotten us out of our cars in some situations I run into neighbors. I, I didn't see that often, but they're out walking uh, up to, you know, a park or Morven Park or Rust Nature Sanctuary. Uh, so actually, I do get to see some people more now. Yeah. Because our yeah. Work, walking schedules coincide. Right. I, know. Um, I, I see people out and about walking all the time. I mean, especially like right before dinner, or right after dinner. It's, it's kind of neat. So, yeah, there is uh, yeah. a little bit of that. Not too bad. Yeah. Well, Supervisor Umstead, uh, thank you for taking the time with me today. I really appreciate your time. It was great chatting um, about your uh, history there back in the uh, Navy and CIA. We'll have to, you'll have to share a little bit more with me uh, over lunch when we're uh, post COVID here. That's one thing I miss having lunch with you. <laughs> <laughs> It will be on me next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you, Supervisor Armstead. Appreciate your time. Thanks, JC. You take care. You too.